And now, if you are able to stand for the reading of the gospel. We're in Luke 9, verses 23 through 27. And he was saying to them all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profit, profited if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I say to you truthfully, there are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we conclude our three-part series on interrupting silence. And our focus today is on disciples of Jesus Christ. Walter Brueggemann defines the word silence as the force that coerces voices to be silenced in the interest of control by the dominant voices. He goes on to say that silence is a strategy for the maintenance of the status quo with its unbearable distribution of power and wealth. Brandon Cook has written a book that one of our Sunday school classes is studying, the TNT class. And the title of the book is Learning to Live and Love Like Jesus. I appreciate this document, this book. I've not finished reading it. I'm reading it along with the class, although I'm not able to participate with the class on Sunday mornings. I appreciate this book because it sheds a, a new light on what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. As Becky stated during the children's moment today, and even as the scriptures have lifted up, this, this word discipleship begins with a relationship. And this discipleship that begins with a relationship, a relationship that you and I cannot control, you and I cannot take leadership of, it's a relationship that begins with God. It's a relationship where God takes the initiative to reach out to us and to adopt us as God's children through Jesus Christ. We don't, we don't bring anything to this relationship, but I know that's difficult for Westerners to hear because we believe that it's always about us. It's about our strength. It's about our prowess. It's about our intellect. No, when it comes to discipleship, we bring nothing into that relationship. And to prove that point, I want to just draw your attention to Romans chapter 5, verse 8, which states, But God proves his love for us, and that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. 
We bring nothing to this relationship that God wants to have with you and me. Nothing except for our brokenness, except for our guilt, except for our shame, except for our not measuring up to whomever. No, we bring nothing to this relationship. God takes the initiative and invites us, invites you, invites me to become a part of God's family through adoption. And Jesus makes that adoption possible through his death and resurrection on the cross. Yes, this relationship is initiated by God. And this relationship is one that is about grace. Grace, God's unearned, unmerited favor, grace. When we become children of God through adoption, we receive this grace. We live by grace, beloved, every single day. For those who are trying to measure up even now as disciples of Christ, it's about grace. For those who think God is checking off whether you did good or bad, it's about grace. We receive God's unearned, unmerited favor. That's, that's how grace is defined. God's unearned, unmerited favor, God's grace, God's love. And this grace that we receive is the grace that we're now to share with others as disciples of Jesus Christ. Brandon Cook goes on to say, grace liberates us. Grace, as it becomes an increasing reality in our hearts, frees us. No matter how long you or I have been on this journey, he says, with Jesus Christ, we are meant to experience grace at a deeper and deeper and deeper level and in new ways. Grace Grace liberates us because grace in essence says it does not matter what you think about me. I live in God's grace and therefore I'm more than enough. Grace. Well, this discipleship that we're called into as children of God is a process. It's not a destination. There are some who've been a part of the church for many years. And, and let me just say to you today, membership and discipleship are not the same. There are people who have their names on membership roles, but they've not asked Jesus Christ to be their Lord, the Lord of their lives, whereby Jesus will take the reins of their lives, whereby they will listen to and be obedient to Jesus Christ. In the Galatians text today, we read of one who has literally, literally given his life to Christ. Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it is no longer I who live. It is Jesus Christ who lives in me. And now the life that I live, I live by faith in the one who loved me and die for me. Discipleship is so freeing. 
Discipleship is so life-giving because through Jesus Christ, we're able to experience this abundant life of following him. Not as a duty, no, but in following the one who loves us, in following the one who helps us to better discover who we really are. I so appreciate Minister of Families Becky Baker. I appreciate her children's moments, her children's messages. Today she talked about Jesus loving all the children. And if I were to ask her to hold up that finger, come on, Becky, come into the TV, because I want them to see what you said. It's an old song that we learned, but Becky, what she has done, Miss Becky, she has reminded us, she has, as they said, she has contemporized it, okay? So here's the song. Jesus loved the little children, all the children of the world. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. All are precious in his sight. Thank you. We are free. We are free as disciples of Jesus Christ to follow Jesus. And as Brandon Cook says, discipleship always, not sometimes, it always moves us from our focus away from self and unto God and others. We as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to be silence interrupters. And the way that we are able to be silence interrupters is to one, make sure that we put ourselves in places where we can come in contact with the others, those who are not like us. Brandon Cook talks about being available to others, being available when you go out, not knowing who God will bring into your path, but expect God to bring someone into your path who you can talk to, whom you can relate to, who, at, who you may share Jesus Christ with at some point. I, I marveled at how God does this. I marvel at how even as I make out my schedule for the day, I always, I, re I recognize I must allow space and time for God to bring in the unexpected one who will want to be in conversation with me or one who I can be in conversation with to reveal the love of God that Jesus Christ has manifested. It, it happened yesterday. It happened yesterday. So pastor needed a haircut. You've discovered this as, as you walked, watched me from week to week. And my stylist was not available. And I found myself going to a new place. And I knew as soon as I made the call, I knew, okay, God, here's someone you're going to bring into my path, the stylist who I've never met before. What do you want me to share? This person will bless my life as I will bless their life. Remember, whoever God brings into our lives, it's not always about us sharing with them. It's also about our being opening to hearing what they have to share with us. And sure enough, yesterday I was blessed to hear 
from this stylist about her walk. And, 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 and of course, I shared, but I listened more than I shared. I pray. Yeah, discipleship. It's not a destination. It's a journey. And the longer that we walk with Jesus Christ, the more intimate we're called to be with him. And the more intimate we are with him, the more we're able to become like him. In the gospel lesson today, Jesus is talking to his disciples, people who love him, who've been walking with him. And you know and I know, as disciples, we're called to become even more so like Jesus. They've been hanging around him. And I think it's helpful for us to realize that because of the intimacy of their relationship with Jesus, Jesus shares with them what discipleship looks like. And if you were to look at Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27, you may think it's about check marks. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Discipleship is never about check marks. Discipleship is, again, about a relationship where we go more deeper, become more intimate with Jesus Christ, making ourselves open and available to learn from Jesus Christ, what it means to become more and more like him. Not like the world, not like that political party, but to become more and more like Jesus Christ, who longs to continue to be the Lord of our lives, becoming Lord over more and more areas of our lives. And so, as we look at this gospel lesson today, we see that Jesus is helping his disciples not only to become more intimate with him, but as Brandon Cook reminds us, to take on more of Jesus' identity. And so Jesus says, first and foremost, that if you're to be my disciples, be ready to sacrifice, to lay down your life for me. Lay aside your personal preferences. Lay aside your personal interests. Become more and more like me on a daily basis. Secondly, Jesus reminds us that if we are to follow him, it's important for us to deny ourselves. I don't know about you, but um, when I was a child, and even as I worked with children years ago, there was a phrase that I just did not like to hear. I don't want to. And I will tell you, what concerns me is when I hear it from adults. I don't want to. Oh, they may not say it verbally, but their attitude, their behavior is, I don't want to. Well, as disciples of Jesus Christ, what we recognize is that that's a phrase that we must remove from our vocabulary. 
Better yet, if it comes to our minds, if Jesus is calling us to carry out a particular action or to relate to someone who we really don't want to relate to, if that phrase, I don't want to, comes to your mind, let me suggest that you don't put a period at the end of that phrase. I don't want to. Let me suggest that you, as I struggle to do, put a comma after the phrase. I don't want to, but Lord, help me to. Finish it out with the desire to do what Christ is calling you to do. On my journey of discipleship, I've, I've said as an adult, I don't want to. And I've learned to acknowledge that truth, but also to say, Lord, help me to want to. And in his grace, he does. Thirdly, we are reminded um, in verse 25 that this world will not provide you nor me with the fulfillment that we long and desire. There are some of you today who could say, it's the relationships are not fulfilling. My striving under, after wealth has not been fulfilling after I receive it all. After I've made the money that I think I should make, my portfolio is looking good, the stocks have done well, there's still something missing. And what Jesus Christ wants you and what he wants me to understand, there's only one who can bring true fulfillment, living life to its fullness. It's not about things. It's about a person. It's about Jesus Christ, our Lord and our King. And then Jesus reminds us that our relationship with him is not to be a private affair. Look at verse 25. We are called to make a public confession of Jesus Christ. We are called to make a public profession of Jesus Christ. That means, dear ones, again, that we have to make sure that we find ourselves being open to the leading of the Spirit of Jesus Christ leading us to those people, leading us to those places who may not look like us, who may not even have the same political positions as we do. We must be open to being led by him. We must be open to their coming into our lives, ready to listen, and ready to share. So verse 26, verse 26, reminds us of the need for a public profession. Finally, 
when we live out our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, you and I will discover that Jesus will provide us with opportunities to speak up and to speak out individually and as the corporate body of Jesus Christ, a corporate body of disciples, he will lead us to speak up and to speak out against those oppressive forces that choose to silence individuals and groups. He will lead us to speak up and to speak out against the systems and the structures that are not life-giving but are oppressive. Yes, through our discipleship, we are called to be silence interrupters, responding to that silence, a strategy for the maintenance of the status quo, a force that coerces voices to be silenced in the interest of control by the dominant voices. Yes. When the opportunity comes, as disciples of Jesus Christ, you and I will be ready to be silence interrupters. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Loving and holy God, I thank you for these, your children made in your image, followers of King Jesus, the one who makes his love known to those who we encounter. Continue to use us as silence interrupters, interrupters that give a false narrative of who you are and who all of your children are. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.